Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Stacy Dales, NFL Network correspondent. Here at Hallis Hall, as expected, continued buzz around the quarterbacks, especially when it comes to the 11th overall pick, Justin Fields. Breaking down the latest from the Bears beat and news from around the NFL. George McCaskey and the Chicago Bears have a lot of digging to do. They need to do a good job this time around. New head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Where, where do we even start? Start at HITS? Do we start at the HITS acronym? Former WNBA All-Star. And the ball stolen away. Didn't see her coming, and Perkins gets the clean steal over to Dales. Easy land. Stacey Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Powell. Stacey Dales with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Wow. Struggled on that word for some reason. Uh, always a delight to talk to Stacey Dales. And she joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Stacy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm kind of torn this week because of the uh, obvious tragedy that took place on Monday night, um, which has just shaken the entire football landscape and really – I would just say the entire sports landscape uh, regarding DeMar Hamlin and, and his condition. So it's been a challenging week just as a football fan, as somebody who's very invested as a journalist in the NFL and, and obviously knowing these teams and what they're going through and then just the impact that this has had um, on such a grand scale, I think. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, you know, there's still so much uncertainty, which is very difficult. Along those lines, Stacy, ESPN's Coley Harvey has tweeted out in the, within the hour that per Jordan and DeMar's family, doctors overnight got promising readings that they had mm-hmm. been hoping to see by this morning. Jordan could go could not go into specifics, but progress appears to be made. Everybody's sort of waiting for that update. Everybody's sort of hoping that it will be good news, and no news is good news. But I wonder um, – is do you feel like players as they report back to work today how will mm-hmm. they handle the public aspect of it? how will they handle the private trepidation they may feel this is a very much unprecedented territory yeah and and david the takeaway as we've slowly awaited and been patiently sort of following this process there has been incremental you know, progress made. Um, the, where it stands with the Buffalo Bills, for instance, today is, is they're they're going to have they're going to hold meetings today. Uh, there will be a walkthrough, um, which essentially means they're not going to practice. There's going to be no media availability. I would anticipate that'll be the case all week. Because to your point, David, um, why put these young men and personnel members in positions to be answering questions? I mean, just from my standpoint, yesterday I was supposed to be on NFL Now, which is our you know, reporter news show from 12 to 2 Central Time. Well, our entire production approach changed because of the tragedy. And um, with with this young man in ICU in critical condition, 
uh, obviously had to be resuscitated twice because his heartbeat stopped twice, as his uncle has revealed to multiple news entities, uh, his uncle Dorian Glenn, and talked to our Cameron Wolf, who was covering that game, so ended up staying in Cincinnati to obviously, with with urgency, report on this situation. And um, how do you talk about it as players? I think we're going to see around the NFL. It's not going to be about football this week. This is going to be about a life and death matter. And that's how we've approached it at the NFL Network. And, and so from yesterday's standpoint, I didn't go on our shows because we didn't know enough. And so we, we left it to, you know, fewer cooks in the kitchen, if you will, right? You don't want as many voices involved until we get more definitive details. And right now the NFL and the league is trying to not only work through how we approach this futuristically, but, you know, how these teams are handling it, how they're dealing with it. Um, and all we can continue to do as far as, you know, the young man is concerned is continue to pray for him. I believe in the power of prayer for sure. And, uh, you know, that's been my central focus. This is such a, uh, a moment of humanity, I would say, when you have the biggest sport on the earth that touches so many people in such a way uh, because of how we saw the incident happen and transpire and, and then to know so many beautiful things about DeMar Hamlin and his family and the fight that he's in. So uh, there's just so much to be determined, guys, that uh, we, we're all kind of waiting. Um, I'm, I'm on TV today. I'm on TV tomorrow on our NFL Now show. And for all intents and purposes, my game this week is Green Bay, Detroit. But there's still so much we need to know. And, and I'm so grateful for every little bit of information that we get that he is progressing and breathing a little bit better each day. You know, and we talked about it, um, obviously, you know, following it. Uh, the the, uh, the incident on, on Tuesday morning and, and just how remarkable it was to see all the people on the sidelines, all of the medical professionals, all of them uh, from both sidelines, you know, kind of gathered together. All of these people that have done, you know, so much work to prepare themselves for a moment like that to to come to his rescue and to effectively save his life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very disturbing. The, this idea that his heart stopped again is very scary. But it, you know, there there is, you know, there's a lot of really hardworking people that are connected to this that are that are kind of these like silent heroes. You know, people that that go ahead and do their job. And th- and it it made me think about all the people that have to do that on a daily basis here in our city. You know, all the people that yeah. are are. Um, you know, doing such extraordinary work and saving lives or dealing with these horrible uh, moments that that uh, other people don't ever have to see. It, it's just, you know, there's a lot of heroes out there on a regular basis. And it, it just reminded me a little bit of of um, of how how um, when you have a tragedy, people can come together and you can see just this remarkable skill in, in our citizenry that, that is really something to behold. Molly, it's such a good point. We got on Monday, sadly, unfortunately, because you don't want these situations ever, um, we got a real-time vantage point of true first responders that we take so often for granted. And if any of them are listening now, um, you are the champions truly whether 
it be medical personnel, emergency personnel, emergency doctors, the emergency wing at a hospital, um, firefighters, police officers. I mean, it, the the gamut of first responders who do save lives. And we saw uh, a young man's life being saved. And right. when you see the pain in other people, the pain comes out of you. So I couldn't help but be sitting there watching this unfold on Monday evening and be in tears because I'm a person and I'm a human. And when you see a Stefan Diggs sobbing, like heaving in tears because his brother and friend and teammate is in a, a life or death situation, it is it is absolutely shocking to your system. And, you know, I tried to put myself in the shoes of these players this week, especially those on both the Bengals and the Bills who have games to play, if you can imagine this week, right? Like I'm thinking about how do we even go there right now? Because they still don't know if their brother in Buffalo who have to play the Patriots this week. And um, I think the Bengals play the Ravens. Like they have to go about work right now, but they don't know. So like oftentimes when you're in a locker room and one of your teammates suffers a catastrophic injury. Okay. So let's say it's um, they blow their knee out entirely. They're not in the facility. They're not there. You're as a teammate, like walking in the next day and they're not there and you're not even sure what the injury is, how long they're going to be out, how to even address them because of, Oh, they just lost a whole year of their athletic career. Well, imagine taking that to an exponential 10 number where now you're walking in and it's not a blown knee. It's not a torn Achilles. It is your teammate is literally on life support on a ventilator in ICU and you don't know if he or she is going to live. That is the, the, the bone chilling feel that I think we all can, can sense and that I can certainly sense. Um, just being somebody who represents the National Football League and what I do. So <clears throat> this is an extreme situation. Football doesn't really matter right now, but we have a week 18 that we're having to navigate towards in terms of how we're reporting. I'm still waiting on details, for instance, guys, today as to how I'm approaching forecasting my game for the weekend because right now, I mean, we, we are in a so, so somewhat dire time in terms of we need to know that that he is going to be okay and david i'm glad you brought up the update because uh we are getting these updates throughout and it does seem promising so i'm extremely encouraged uh i just pray that his lungs are restored that he is able to breathe on his own and that he can make just every bit of progress possible to to go about his life in a normal capacity and as the league waits and worries stacy well put but the, the anxiety and concern grows. And I just wonder, because it is such a big ask, you're, you're, you're looking around the league, and I know they're paid well, and this is football, and it is the gladiator sport and all that. But you cannot also be the, the league that embraces mental health initiatives and then ignore the mental health realities of what you're asking your players to do. In that context, do you still think it's possible that Week 18 – is moved to week 19, and there are no games this weekend out of respect of what you just described uh, because of the, the trepidation that all these players and all these coaches and all these cities are going through this week. I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility because we made it through a pandemic season, the true 2020 pandemic season. 
but I do recall that year we didn't miss a single game. We moved games a lot, if you guys gentlemen recall, right? We had games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, you had seven days a week where there could be an NFL game. They made it happen. Um, I'm not comparing that to this, two entirely different um, situations. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility this week. I don't know enough. I can't answer, David, the question, are we going to move it? How are they going to decide seeding? Is it going to be by win percentage? I think that would be if, if this game is, is basically voided, right, between mm-hmm. the Bengals and the Bills from week 17. If this is now just looked upon as this game is voided, Buffalo is still 12-13, and 13 and, and um, you know, we go about it that way. I I don't I don't know. Cincinnati's eleven and four. It's obviously a significant uh, race in the AFC for seeding. I don't know. I know everything's on the table. I do know that based upon a couple of people I've talked to. But how could it not otherwise be right? So yeah, you're right. From a mental health standpoint, this is like I said. You know, you you go through as players where your teammates have significant injuries, especially at the NFL level. But never where we rarely have we ever seen a situation like this, which the oddity and nature of this to have a player literally in ICU in critical condition and was resuscitated right from cardiac arrest twice as the uncle revealed twice his heartbeat stopped. So it's very serious. And, you know, I think I'm I'm in wait mode. Guys, so I'm sitting here waiting on how we're doing our show today. I think it's going to be like this all week long. Yeah, and I I, uh, I think the NFL has done kind of what they have to do. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that they haven't done the right thing. I'm saying they've done what they've had to do as this is going on. They, they suspended the game. Uh, it, you know, people are arguing, was it a timely fashion? Well, who cares? They did what they had to do. And I don't know if it was the players refusing to play or if that'll come out. I, I don't really care. But they didn't yeah. try to finish it. And then they announced yesterday, well, we're not going to play it this week. That These are <laughs> yeah. all the decisions. You know, yeah, do you think? These are the right decisions as you move forward. And, and they're doing – they're just responding to the information we have in the only way that they can. And I, I think that's yeah. the right way to do it. I agree, Molly. I mean, I, listen – People can argue they should have canceled it sooner. You or I could argue it should have been canceled sooner. I think they were reacting based upon uncharted territory in many respects. You know, when you, you're you trained as an athlete to, um, when there's a weather delay, you're, and this is not a weather delay, but when you're, when you're, when you're, when the game changes, right? Kickoff time isn't normal. You're trained. There are, there are protocols in place per your team where you're ready to get back up and go. When you're an athlete and you, your, your, your kneecap pops out of place. Your mentality is, well, I can play through this. I'm going to get back up and go. Well, this was totally different. You can't just get back up and go when your teammate isn't in a life or death situation. So there were a lot of phone calls happening during that time while these teams were on the field in unison praying for their brother. And there were so many moving parts, as now I've learned about, that I think the NFL did – everything it could in the time that it was working with to make the right decisions. Um, so now as we get progress, we, we do take steps forward each day. And so when I think about like the Chicago bears um, and their season, it, it becomes irrelevant to me 
um, in many respects, whether they're 13 and three or 13, uh, 13 and uh, three and 13 or, uh, you know, three and 14 after their game this weekend. I mean, we're going to, we're going to sort of talk about, well, is Justin Fields going to play? Is he not going to play? I mean, to me, it's many respects irrelevant as far as what's taking place this week and what kind of progress the bears have made, but there are still teams out there and we're still moving forward and we're still going to go into the off season and talk about their draft picks. Do they have the second overall? Do they have the first overall? Um, It's just a really dicey week. We've never seen this before and we're taking it very delicately at the NFL. I can tell you that. Obviously. And you handled it well, Stacy, but before we let you go, one football question, if you, Yep. Do you play this game and you're the Bears and you're Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, would you play Justin Fields? Uh, if he's healthy, yeah, I, I would. I mean, I would think Justin Fields would want to play. He's a competitor. He's an NFL player. If he's healthy, why not? Because um, you don't want him to get hurt. I, I would argue that that – you know, I almost in many respects wish that we had a system in the NFL where nobody knew what the draft picks were before the season ended. <laughs> I just, I wish we could figure out a way to change that and blanket it because you, you, you're going to speculate, well, are they going to try to lose this game? I don't ever think teams are going to try to lose games, but if that like ever creeped into anybody's mind, that's when injuries really can start happening. Like you're just, you don't want to see any player, especially a franchise quarterback get hurt. Um, especially when you're down such personnel in so many capacities. I mean, you know, the bears have been just ravaged with injuries to their, some of their, their better players. So um, it's been hard, you know, as he goes for the rushing record, does he even care about the rushing record? You know, he's got, he needs 63 yards to be, to have the most all time in a single season to jump, jump, you know, leapfrog Lamar Jackson from 2019. Is that a concern to him? I don't think that's the way he wants to play. Because when you when you throw for 30 passing yards last week against the Lions, that's not very good. Um, do you, does he want to throw it more? Can they throw it more? Is, does he have the max pack, pass protection that he needs with the receivers he has? I don't know. So it's just it. I would I would almost answer it this way, David. I I would think the Bears probably would had wished the season was over last week in Week 17, um, so that they could move forward right and start their off-season plans. Um, but here we sit with a very, a very, you know, difficult week 18, unlike we've ever had before because of a, a young man's life in Cincinnati hospital right now. So there's a lot of perspective. I think that we all need to continue to have as we go through this week. Stacy, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks Stacy. You guys are great. See ya. That is Stacy Dales. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, and, and we're getting weird pushback. Uh, from some people, um, you know, I had a friend that I talked to yesterday who's who you know is a, is a, is a uh, uh, emergency respondent and said that just how commonplace this is in the city of Chicago to have not tragedies on the field but to have tragedies in life and mm-hmm. and the police you know having to take a body, have to escort a body to the more. I mean, I, I don't know how, when that is commonplace in your life, I don't know how you don't suffer sort of a low-level breakdown. And, and I feel bad for anybody that, that is a uh, first responder and has to deal with something that, that most of us don't have to see. 
I have nothing but respect for that yeah. job, wh- whoever is doing it. I, I We have nothing but respect for those people who do those jobs. Yeah. That doesn't diminish that. What we're talking about, though, is is you don't want to minimize that at all. But, Molly, those are part of those jobs' descriptions. Mm-hmm. You're talking about people who's, who have – uh, are getting paid, and their job involves saving lives, preserving safety, and this is part of that job. Football is not. Your job is to compete and entertain. You're a professional football player. I don't think you ever anticipate going to work and seeing what you saw on Monday night. And so the, also the public aspect of it brings more people into the equation, and so we're going to have that kind of reaction. And that doesn't diminish anything that they accomplish on a daily basis they have our utmost respect, but I, I think that what Stacy's saying is the kind of perspective that, that you expect from her, but I think that is, is understandable when you're looking at the NFL. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 312-644-6767 is the number, and uh, a lot of people want to check in, so let's uh, let's get to the phone lines. Jamal is in Orland Park. Hey, Jamal. Hey, Jamal. Oh, no. Go ahead, Jamal. I think we waited too long for Jamal. Did we lose you, Jamal? It's okay. I think we did. Alan is in Antioch. Hey, Alan. I just want to say I'm team... Dustin, we can replace Roquan Smith with Sanborn. We could draft well in the later part of the rounds and get an edge that can go back into a 3-4 three, three, coverage. We can get someone that can is, is a Micah Parsons type, not exactly Micah Parsons, but I'm definitely Team, Mike, uh, team Dustin over Team David. And I want you to know that, that – and, and I'm just – and I want you to know that there's no reason why any team should draft a first-round quarterback and trade up to get a first-round quarterback because we are going to be stuck drafting Willie Anderson. We're not going to trade back and get a bounty of picks. I would hate everyone to stop saying we're going to get seven picks or two first-rounders or three first-rounders for a pick. We're never going to get that. It's just not that. It's a weak class of quarterbacks. It's a, it, it, all, the wide receiver is the most valuable component to a team, and we need to trade oh, back. And, wow. You, wow. Alan, thank team you. Allen, I was ready to maybe yeah, No, you were, you were on the verge yeah, of, uh, but, of a guy that liked Dustin. Man. How come, how come he's choosing Team Dustin over Team David when I, it was Dustin and I that got it? I know why. Year? Because you guys have reinforced this idea that there's bad blood between us, that people – just yeah. they think with Dustin disagreeing with somebody, it's going to be me. That's unfair, and I feel picked on. Well, I, I think that if you weren't so anti-Dustin, maybe you would be I, regarded see? as Team there Dustin. there you go again. Picking I, on me again. I, I wonder feel, if this is like bullying in the workplace. Yeah, I feel like I'm being – I feel like my um, 
magnanimous nature is now uh, not allowing me to be as controversial. Magnanimous Mully. That's what yeah, I like to yeah. call you. Uh, as, uh, as David, as controversial as David and Dustin are. It's just no one appreciates my magnanimity. Team Allen, the most valuable position on a team is not the wide receiver. Thank you. Number one. Joe's in Rockford. Hey, Joe. Going, guys. Good. Um, quick question. Thing or statement. The thing that it's really realizing is the Bills and Bengals might not be might not have to play that game, and I hope not because for the players to go back to the same spot where Hamlin collapsed, I think that would just like hit them psychologically. But if everything plays out this weekend, the Bills win. If the if they play all the games, the Bills win. They have thirteen wins. Kansas City loses. They have 13 yeah. wins. Who Bills have tiebreaker. Who, who is Kansas City playing? Kansas City's playing Oakland. I'm not saying it's a perfect plan, I, but I'm I mean, just saying. I know they're going to Oakland, but that's not a good team. Who's starting at quarterback for Oakland? Jared Siddham. <laughs> okay. Well, well then it's I mean, over. Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Yeah, not me. Oakland. I Oakland. think Oakland might Jeez. be Rich Gannon still starting he for said the Oakland, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. But I knew what you meant. Thank Jared you. Stidham was actually pretty good. Um. Yeah, but I understand the points well taken. Available if someone Kansas wants to City make Chiefs are going to win that game. Uh, but I I think what he's trying to say is that it could be rendered a moot point at the end of the games this right. weekend. That would be ideal. Ideally, but I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe the NFL can fix the officiating, and <laughs> like I don't, the NBA does. I don't mean repair it. I mean fix, fix it. it. <laughs> Let's try Barb. I'm sorry, Barb's in Palatine. Hey, Barb. Hey, hi guys. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, my prayers, our prayers continue for Demar Hamlin. Um, it was a horrifying scene Monday. Um, I did want to say um, that yesterday there was a sports reporter that actually said professional um, football players do this for our entertainment. Um, while there's inherent risk in playing football or any professional sport, um, I have to say these players do understand the risk. I come from a long lineage of uh, football coaches and players. Um, but I just wanted to point out that, you know, it was a freak accident. Um, and while, yes, they do play football for our entertainment, they also should understand and know the risks of playing um, not only football but any sport. Um, so I hope there's not a bad rap on, on football um, per se across, you know, across the uh, media. Um, as far as, you know, what they do for. Thanks, Barb. Appreciate it. Barb, thanks for the phone call. I do think, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, that this is a very different conversation than the one that has taken place and and, and continues about concussion awareness, concussion protocol, and concussion as something to be feared and dealt with and addressed in football at all levels. This, to me, isn't as similar as maybe some people have projected it to be. I I just don't think that a freak accident, and this was the rarest of incidents, right? Yes. That it's not the same as addressing some concerns or fears that are created by whether or not you're going to suffer a brain injury by subconcussive hits over a period of time. I just think it's a different conversation and different elements are involved. And I understand the reaction because it's so traumatizing and rare and it was just the way that it unfolded, but I do think it's different. I agree with you, and I think that, you know, again, this is the sort of injury that usually occurs with projectiles, with whether it be a baseball, whether it be a um, hockey puck or a uh, 
a, a, a lacrosse ball, whatever it might be, it's usually that case. But when you watched this play, it wasn't particularly violent or it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those plays that, that you, you know, you look at and you say, wow, we got to talk about banning this sport. It just seemed more routine, frankly. To Barb's point, it wasn't the kind of hit that T. Higgins essentially delivered DeMar Hamlin. It wasn't the kind of hit that a parent watching at home says, I'm never going to let my son play right. football right. because that looks vicious. It was the kind of hit that you see 120 times at an NFL game every Sunday. Let's try Willie. Willie's on the north side. Hey, Willie. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Good, Good Willie. One of my many jobs, diversity trainer, I'm a hospital chaplain, and I want to dispel this myth that first responders are sometimes hardened to this. We've had mm-hmm. 21-year-olds come in with sudden deaths, and what has to happen is the first responders have to be debriefed because they've been traumatized. I've seen women lose their babies, and the entire emergency room, I work in three of them, simply fall apart. And it's my job as the chaplain to help put everybody back together. These guys were traumatized. That trauma, if not dealt with properly, could last their entire life. That's the situation. And we can't run them back out there right away until they have properly debriefed the situation because their brains could be somewhere else. And we know if your head's not on a swivel, somebody can come and knock it off when you're on that football field. That's the real situation. So first responders themselves get traumatized when we see young people go through these tragic situations. This was a rare, rare thing, but it happens. Not just with the police. 24-year-olds come into the emergency room with with rare diseases that they didn't know about, Mm -hmm. they die. Everybody has to get debriefed. That's the situation. Yeah, we we had a conversation uh, about it during the break, Willie, and thank you for your work. I think it's important. Uh, We we did talk about this during the break, you know, and, uh, you know, I can't imagine what it is like to be in a morgue, to be working, and a nine-year-old is brought in because there's been a shooting um, in Chicago. I, 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 you know, I, and I do believe that we see these stories and that far too often, far too common. And, and maybe the public becomes hardened to understanding what that must be like. And, well, and I think that, you know, when you talk about watching a sporting event, it is almost a break from reality. It is an entertainment type of thing. And when a tragedy happens, there, maybe we're all more surprised than we are when tragedy happens around us all the time in this town. I think it's a really important point because everything is about expectations. And certainly that, again, doesn't minimize anything that anyone else goes through. But when you no. sit down to watch a football game, when you uh, prepare to play in a football game, you don't typically expect to watch a life-or-death situation something that comes down where, where some uh, participant needs to be resuscitated. That doesn't minimize anything, but these other jobs, you're more likely to encounter that. You expect that to some degree, and, and you need to deal with that. As Willie points out, these were, I hope that we didn't leave the impression that anybody is saying that the, the first responders aren't affected by this as, many, as much as the people who were observing this. No, we were admiring the, yeah. the work they do, all first responders. Yeah. That's all we were doing. We weren't 
glorifying anything or what was the other term somebody texted in? I, Virtue signaling. Yeah, that was. The I don't one know what that the even is. Texters responded to us that yeah. way. Is that a guy praying on TV? Is that virtue <laughs> signaling? I don't know. I, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how we're doing it. But I, I do think, David, that that you you need. There is a certain when you look at things, you you deal with it through your personal experiences, through the person that you are, and the things you've seen in your life. And I think we all react as human beings to things. But what I've found as I've aged, is that I react to things more as a parent than I did previously. Because, you know, when you don't have kids and you don't think about family in, in every situation, you, maybe you're more callous about things. I don't know. But I think you always respond as a human. But then you think about things as a parent. Oh, my God. You know, and, and maybe that's what Well, there's nothing more humbling with, than being a parent. There's yeah, nothing more nothing, difficult. Nothing. And I think that right. is what comes into play here. And what happens when you're trying to equate or compare tragedy in the community, in the yeah. in cities, and violence that we some degree have become desensitized to, yeah. we haven't done that with football and what we saw Monday night. So it's still shocking because it is still rare and it's still going to elicit the kind of reaction that you've seen. And so that's part of it too. But, yeah, it's an ongoing conversation, and nobody's trying to take away – or deprive anybody of, of the right to be uh, affected by this. And, and, and that, that wasn't suge- the suggestion at all. No. Um, we're going to bring in, uh, I believe it's Dan and Layla today. Is, yep. it, a, is it a Layla Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Oh, yes, man, it is. That's fantastic. It's Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 